you need to know that this message is based upon a pamphlet that I read as a new Christian called The Tyranny of the Urgent. I think it was published way back in 1967. And they revised it and expanded it over the years, but that is what has caused me to think through this message. Soon we're going to be entering a season that I call the Christian Marathon. Retailers are rolling out Black Friday prices even before Thanksgiving this year. The season involves massive gift buying, extra baking and cooking, Christmas cards, Christmas pictures, Christmas letters, deciding which relative we will be traveling to this holiday season. These are all good things, amen? They're all good things. But all these events take on a life of their own and make demands on our time, our finances, our energy, and our attention. And we can't wait for that first week in January to say, I need to recover. And as I thought about that, I realized often during this season coming up, we live a life without priorities. We end up moving from one pressing demand to another in our lives. And some of you live this way all year long. A life without priorities. And so if that is the case, here is your mission. Whether you decide to accept it or not. Here is the mission of someone who lives without priorities. And I will be upfront, honest with you. There are seasons of my life that my priorities get so jumbled, I am just moving. Here is the mission. Number one, meet the next deadline. Just meet the next deadline. Just just gut it out. Number two, Keep the people in my life somewhat happy. We, we just try to keep everyone going. And number three, try to fulfill what Christ wants me to do. And often it's in that order, is it not? Just what's the next demand? How can I keep enough people happy? And oh, by the way, what does Jesus want? And I think we struggle. Personal illustration I've watched so many of you talk on your cell phones. I have been in meetings where the phone rings and all of a sudden, excuse me, can I take this call? What did we do 20 years ago? We waited till we got home and we listened to our answering machine, but there was no instant connection. And so our cell phones drive our schedules. And it is my opinion that at times all of us have become slaves to the tyranny of the urgent. What's the thing in front of us right now? I would like to suggest this morning, I would like to preach this morning that there is a better way. It's called an intentional life, a life based upon priorities. Now when I say the word intentional, It's a life done on purpose, a life that is planned, a life that has things that are intended to take place, a life that is designed, a life that is lived on purpose. 
Now the question becomes, what is our purpose? And if you haven't figured out yet what your purpose in life is, that would be a great exercise. Joshua says to the nation in Joshua 24, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That was a life lived on purpose. If you don't have a purpose, you need to pray. You need to ask God to give you that purpose. So I would like us to look at a better way, what it looks to have an intentional life, a life filled with priorities. And the, the first example that we need to start with is Jesus Christ. So turn with me to Mark chapter 1 page 1064 there in the Pew Bible. And let's look at the example of Jesus Christ. Now, I understand some of you are already saying in your mind, he was God. He could do it. He was also fully human at the same time. Fully God, fully human. Could he live a life not on purpose? I think that was the test one of the many tests he had to go through. So let's look at this day in the life of Jesus, starting in verse 29 of Mark 1. And immediately Jesus left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. Jesus came and took her by the hand and lifted her up and the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons and the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And and they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And Jesus said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. See, Mark records a very busy day in the life of Jesus. After teaching in the synagogue that morning, he spent the rest of the day healing and casting out demons. But he did not meet every need. He left people waiting in line to be healed. He moved from town to town. He had to hide to pray. He got tired. Yet he did everything the Father asked him to do. Jot down in your notes John 17 verse 4. He did everything the Father asked. Jesus stayed on mission. And he knew the difference between the urgent and the important. 
The question for us this morning is, do we know the difference? As life comes at us, and none of us, I, as far as I've checked, none of us are faith healers here this morning. Amen? Amen. None of you have that gift. People aren't lined out in the lobby and out in the parking lot waiting for you to touch them. I don't think that push on Jesus we could even fully understand. But he knew the difference. He invested his life where the Father asked him to invest it because he lived on purpose. As we look at the life of Jesus and we want to live intentionally we must set priorities. Now, why? Because we live in a constant tension between the urgent and the important. Amen? The problem is that many important tasks need not be done at this this moment. Matter of fact, important tasks don't even need to be done maybe even this day or even this week. I came home this week and realized with the freezing weather that was beginning to bounce into our area, I still had hoses attached to my hydrants on the house. And I thought, do I put it off? Is it not really that urgent? Years ago in Texas, of all places, I had a faucet freeze. And what it took to undo that and and fix it, I never want to go through that again. So that to me was important. Now, could I put it off? Yes, but I didn't. See, the urgent, though less important, shouts for immediate response. The urgent demands a response from us Almost every waking hour, especially if you're a mother of a preschooler. Amen? How many preschool mothers do you feel pawed to death and do you realize all the fingerprints on your slacks from the sugary donuts that you gave your kids that morning to try to calm them down and now your black slacks show every handprint? Urgent, but not important. I'm going to suggest some reasons why We must set priorities. Number one, to fill in the blanks in your outline there. Number one, we cannot do it all. What? We cannot do it all. We cannot do it all. Okay, I'll make a prayer. I cannot do it all, folks. We have limited time. We have limited finances. We have limited strength. Do you understand that even God setting up the body of Christ, he has gifted the body divinely. He has given all the gifts we need as a church to function. But no one has all the gifts. Amen? Amen. No one has all the gifts. We need each other. And we must recognize our limitations and we must develop margins. Oh, there's that word again. What are margins? In a book, it's the space between the type and the edge of the page. All of us have limits. 
And all of us are trying to figure out how we can stick more things in the time or in the resources we have to make them fit. You were given an, this is perfect timing, you were given an extra hour yesterday. And some of you put in five more projects on your list. Some of you desperately needed an extra hour of rest. I took a nap yesterday. I invested that hour wisely. I could have just increased the to-do list, but I realized that my margins were slipping. And when you begin to live beyond the end of your limits, beyond your margins, that's called sleep deprivation, that's called debt, and that's called exhaustion. We cannot do it all. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Okay, we can't do it all. Secondly, we can become easily distracted. Turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, 38 to 42. We can become easily distracted. This is the story of Martha and Mary, page 1105 there in the Pew Bible. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted. Hear that well. Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. I can't even imagine the look on the Lord's face. The Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Mary had priorities. See, serving Jesus is a good thing, amen? Amen. It's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Martha was serving Jesus. But the text says that her very good serving was distracting her from the very best thing that she could do at that moment. And that was to listen to the teachings of Jesus. Mary lived out her priorities. Would the dishes wait? They do in our house, folks. Will the meal get done a little later? Yes. See, what distracts you from the best priorities in your life? It may be a lot of good things. It may be very good things. But as you sense your distraction hitting, decide at that point to realign. Number three, we have new ways to burn resources. I don't know how else to call this. We have new ways to burn resources. Before the electric light, when the sun went down, you slowed down. There was nothing else to do except to turn on the kerosene lantern. Today we have screens, 
We binge watch whole seasons of programming. We have online shopping. And we have all these things that will take up our time, that will take up our resources. And we wonder, where did yesterday go? I forgot to take my cell phone off. How much do these things burn our time? Burn our attention. How many times have I gone into restaurants and everyone around the table has their nose in the phone? Now, I've done it. I'll get to you later. (laughs) We have new ways to burn resources. And not only do we have no margins often, we have weakened boundaries in our lives, which leads to number four. If you don't have priorities, someone else will set them for you. See, people are often trying to get you to do something, even when you say no. And part of the problem is their weak boundaries cause them to challenge your boundaries. And here, I wish I could go into this more, but... When all of a sudden someone asks me to do something, what I have finally learned after many years of practice, no, I can't help you right now. Why? No, I can't help you right now. Well, what can I do to help free you up, Pastor, so that you can help me? Uh, No, I can't. See, the moment we give someone a reason why we can't, The people with weak boundaries are trying to work around our boundaries to say, how can I remove that impediment so that you are now obligated to help me? Can I also suggest, and this would be a whole sermon in itself, we've raised two kids. We have eight grandkids that press this as well too. I'll make this statement. Too many children rule our families. Look into your own heart and your own time schedules and all the things that we are doing for our children and they run our families. See, if we don't have priorities as parents and as adults, our children will set the priorities for us. Amen? Amen. They will. Number five. It takes proper priorities to grow more like Jesus. It takes proper priorities to grow more like Jesus. In James 1, it says, I must not just listen to truth. I must put it into practice. I must become a doer of the word of God. And no one else can do it for me. Can I also suggest that no one else can do it for you except you. So I have to set priorities. I must practice proper priorities in my spiritual life and with my walk with Jesus. Number six, the cost of discipleship demands a sacrifice. To live out the will of Jesus, we call that to follow him, demands a cost. 
Are we willing to prioritize our lives in such a way so that we can pay the price of the sacrifice? And you know what that really means? Here it is. I must say no to self and yes to God. And if my priorities are screwed up, I find it more and more difficult to say no to self. And if I can't say no to self, I will not have the time or the resources to say yes to the Savior. Number seven, priorities help me decide what goes in first. In Matthew 6, Jesus says, put his kingdom first and everything else, everything else will come together. Paul, I need your help up here, please. This is our lives. And for most of you, your life is filled to the brim. Amen? It is right to the top. And you're saying, Pastor, I don't know how we're going to get the priorities straight. Well, what sometimes you have to do with your life is you have to pour it out. And you're going to help me, Paul, put the rocks back in the container. These rocks right here. These rocks right here. These are the rocks we're going to put back in here. This is real glass here, so you've got to be careful. Ooh. See, he's an engineer. I can see this. All right, all right. Okay, now. Got some. Now, we've got to get all these little pieces in there. Now, all these rocks were in here. Thank you, Paul. Now, Paul, I, I have read this illustration for years, and I thought, I'm going to do it this week. What happened? We had put all the urgent little stuff in the life first, and the things that were the most important, we waited until too late to put them into life. And guess what? If this is how much your life can handle, that doesn't fit. Maybe I can rearrange. Oh, it fits. But what about these? And for all of us, we have important things in our lives that we can't, we can't jam in. We struggle. And there are times I think God gives us seasons where he kind of upsets the apple cart and he allows us to kind of pour everything out and say, now, let's restack your life. And if we're not careful, we bring all the urgent stuff back in quickly and we leave all the important stuff out until it dawns on us. Priorities help me decide what goes in first. Now... What does this look like for you here at Grandview? We all want to grow spiritually, and I want you to grow. And we have talked about Grandview's discipleship pathway, to know Christ personally, to to grow in Christ faithfully, to serve Christ lovingly, and to live it out with others. And some of you are so frustrated because you're saying, Pastor, Show us the new program. 
Show us how you're going to eat up some of our time. Show us why we should make it a big rock in our life and so we can put it in there. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not a program. It's not a program. It's a way of doing life with priorities. It's intentional, personal, spiritual growth. And for some of you, this is going to be a major mindset shift. I'm challenging you this morning to take responsibility for your own spiritual growth under the power and under the oversight of the Holy Spirit of God. No one's going to check up on you. But you have to decide in your life what are the most important things. And I'm challenging you, put it in first, not last. So what does that mean for us? If you have been drifting in your walk with Jesus, or if you have been filling your life with the urgent to the neglect of the important, you need to confess your sins this morning just like I had to. You need to confess your sins to say, Father, I I have majored on the urgent, and that has to change. I need to invest my time and, and my resources in a way that I will honor you with my life. And as you confess that, today is the day of a fresh start with him. Now, some of you are sitting here and saying, I don't know where to start for my spiritual growth. Or if you don't know your spiritual strengths and your growth areas, that's okay. What I'd like to do, I have put in your notes my personal email account, not my church account, my personal account. And I'm going to ask anyone junior high or older to send me an email saying, I want to take the Discipleship Pathway Assessment. And I will send you by return email to wherever you send it from. That's why I need you to email it to me, and I'll email it back. And you will have a link, and you will go online to an assessment site, and it will look at nine different areas of your life. Now, don't be afraid. I won't see any of your results. I won't see how you answered any question. No one will see your results except you. And therefore, it pays to be brutally honest with your answers. Now, I will tell you that as you have take it, 26 people already have. They are collecting the data. And so I see trends within our church. And that will help me develop some sermons specifically for things that are deficient within our body. But I won't know how you answered. I won't know any of your scores. It will ask you a series of questions. It will only be for your eyes, your heart, and your will. And if you're not a regular attender of Grandview, you're still welcome to email me and I will send you an assessment, and you can get an idea of where you're at. One of the reasons we're doing this is because of our year verse. Christ we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. 
For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Now, why do I need to apply this? Because time is short. Sometimes in all of our lives, we tend to choose busy over blessing. And Jesus, someday, we've already talked about this in an earlier message, he wants to reward us someday for our hard work of spirituality and spiritual growth and how we have furthered the kingdom. Because someday he will come back. And we will have to answer for how we spent this time here on earth. So I challenge you, email me and say, I'm going to take the challenge. I want to know where I'm at. If you do not have email access, fill out a connection card and we will find a way for you to take that assessment and get the results for yourself. Now, not only will it give you results, here's the beauty of this assessment. There is a link under each of these nine areas. And if you find one that you're really struggling in, you push the button saying, next steps. And about 26 experts have put together what they think you can do to grow in these areas with resources and books to read and Bible studies to do. And if that's not enough, then call me and I will help you find a way of shoring up that part of your spiritual walk. Are you going to live intentionally? Are you going to live with priorities, especially spiritual? That's your choice. But I hope that we stop buying in to the tyranny of the urgent. Let's pray.